0: Thank you for tuning in to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. We're a church in Lakewood, Washington, and whether you're listening from around the corner or from around the world, we're glad that you're here. We hope this sermon equips you to be the Christian the world needs today. If you'd like to learn more about us, head on over to lakewoodgrace.com. And now, for this week's sermon. Well, good morning, friends. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, our passage today is fantastic, and my prayer is that by the time we're done with this service, by the time you hear God's word proclaimed today, uh, you are filled with hope. That's what our passage is about today. Now, we are in our second week here. Um, third week? Second week. Or third week of First Peter. Uh, it's one of those. And uh, our, our, our text today begins First Peter 13, 1 uh, Peter 1 chapters 13 through 21. So I'm going to read that to us now. So hear now the word of the Lord to you and to me. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you was holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. This is the word of the Lord. You will notice there in uh, verse 13, we begin our text today with therefore, and anytime you read or you hear therefore, you have to ask the question, what is the therefore therefore? So uh, before this... uh, You can read uh, what Peter has written to the church, but he writes, therefore, and he lists things that God has done. And now we get to the therefore, because God has shown us his great mercy. Verse one, three, in his great mercy, he has shown sinners like you and me mercy. So what what have we received because of God's mercy? He has given us new birth into a living hope the living hope, the source of our hope is alive today in Jesus Christ through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of those things, therefore, therefore, how do we live this hope? We're told to set our hope. And I want to talk about hope here for a little bit. We have hope uh, in, in ways that we understand it. And then we've got hope as presented in God's word. Now, hope like we understand it, this kind of worldly hope is something like this. You, it's sort of like wishful thinking that you want to uh, grow to fruition, right? So I hope this idea that I want to present at work goes over well. It might, it might not, right? I hope I have enough funds in the bank to cover this expense. I hope this works, right? This isn't, this isn't hope like we encounter in God's word. This kind of hope that we put so much energy in is really like wishing a long shot will work out. And it actually isn't hope at all. It's more like wishful thinking. Lord, I hope the state patrol that I just sped past didn't see how fast I was going. I hope this sermon doesn't flop. Now, let's talk about biblical hope. Biblical hope is an expression of faith based on a certainty. Hebrews 16.9, the author of Hebrews writes this. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. What anchors the soul? Hope. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, several things here about God given hope. When we talk about hope used in the Bible, we are talking about things that are certain. Bank on them. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You see, so what is hoped for can be hoped for because it is assured, it is certain. One theologian wrote this, hope is faith looking to the future with the full assurance that God will do what he promises to do. Hope, this certain and assured hope, this biblical hope that nothing here on this earth can match this kind of hope that Peter calls us to set our minds on is given to you and to me through Jesus Christ. We are given a living hope through Jesus Christ. And I want to I pause here. Let's, let's sort of take a hope inventory, shall we? What are you setting your mind on that gives you hope? Are you hoping for a better job, for better health, Are you hoping to be renewed through maybe a vacation coming up, if you can do that right now, through somebody else, a friend, a family member? These are all well and good things, right? I'm not discounting these things, but listen, if we place our hope in anything less than Jesus Christ, we will never, ever be satisfied. And for Christians who are suffering, we need something greater to hope in than what we encounter here, especially now. And so Peter reminds us, we we hope in a savior, we hope in God's assurance that he is going to complete what he set out to complete, that God is not done with us yet, that God is going to return and usher in a new heaven and a new earth, that because of what Jesus has done for you and for me on the cross, spiritual death here and hell later are not our realities. So then he says, set your hope that's grounded in Jesus' hope. Set that hope on the grace, this unmerited favor that we don't deserve. Set your hope on this grace that is to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Set your hope on this. Set your hope on this, church, that you who were once enemies of God, you have been reconciled to God by the death of his son. And now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved. Romans 5.10. So here's what Peter is saying. To the church who is struggling, who are suffering, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus is revealed at his coming. That's why. Because we know that Jesus is coming. That's why we know that it's bad now, but that we have the audacity to say that it's getting better, it's going to get better, that the best is yet to come. Jesus is coming to judge perfectly every injustice, to heal every wound, to banish Satan and evil to hell forever, to make all things new. Better days are ahead. But until that happens, as we live in this in-between time of God's kingdom being present, but not yet in its full expression until Jesus returns you will suffer. You may very well lose your life for the gospel, but Jesus is coming. You will live through a pandemic. You may get sick through this pandemic. You may die in this pandemic, but Jesus is coming. You may not have the capacity for one more Zoom meeting in you, but Jesus is coming. You may be persecuted for Christ's sake. You may be ridiculed for Christ's sake, but Jesus is coming. Your body may never cooperate with you and you may live a life of physical pain, but Jesus is coming. The the results are in and they're positive and you have cancer or ALS or Alzheimer's or whatever it is that will change your life forever. Listen, Jesus is coming. This is why we as Christians have the nerve to tell one another that the best is yet to come. Because it really is. Until then, life will be hard. You know this. And we will suffer. This is nothing new to you. Don't expect anything less, but know that God uses suffering to refine our character, to make us more and more like Jesus and remember the audience of Peter's letter remember Christians who are actively suffering here's a truth that they hoped onto that we can hope today you cannot be formed in the character of Jesus Christ without suffering god never lets that go to waste so okay you who have been given a new hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never that can never perish, spoil, or fade. You who live in a harsh world, you who Peter calls to roll up your sleeves and get ready for action by setting our hope on the grace that is coming to us when Jesus Christ returns. How do we live out this hope? How does your hope become tangible? How is your hope expressed? Well, here's what Peter writes. As obedient children, Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. He starts there, as obedient children. That's one clue. How about this? Could could obedience spring out of hope? Can hope spring out of obedience? Peter seems to suggest that, friends. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. You see, there was a time before Jesus came into your life when you had no hope or you had your hope placed in the wrong things. A time before Jesus when you lived in ignorance. A time before you knew what grace was, what hope was. A time before Jesus gave you a new heart and transformed your mind. Don't conform to the world around you, writes Peter, and go back to living like you did before when you had no hope. You see, you went from a life of sin and death, which Peter called your formal life of ignorance. And now you're into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So our response, the way we live out our hope is to trust and obey. It's to be obedient by not conforming to the evil desires around us, but to repent from those urges and desires and those natural appetites of our old lives and surrender to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, and by doing that, we are living out our hope. Here's the thing. Peter calls us to be holy. So I want to take a little exercise here. You can do this in the comfort of your own home. Nobody's going to laugh at you as you try to do this, but I want you to try this. Um, I want you to try right now wherever you are, however you're listening or watching, I want you to try really hard to be as holy as you can. Okay? Let's take a second or two to do that. Ready? Let's just take three seconds to try to be holier. Here we go. Are you holier? No? Maybe? Let's try harder. Why don't we take a few more seconds and Let's try harder this time to be holy. And while you're doing this, don't think any bad thoughts. Ready? Go. Anything? Did anybody watching pop a halo? If you did, let us know through the comments below. Uh, Send a picture or else it didn't happen. But here's the thing. Um, As one of your pastors, uh, I tried really hard to be holier there, and I still have no halo. (laughs) You know why? Because if it's left up to me and my efforts, it's impossible for me to be holy. If it's left up to you and your efforts and you try to be better on your own, you can't do it. Every time I try on my own to be more holy, a funny thing happens. I fail every single time. I cannot be holy on my own, and you can't either. You see, we need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to transform us into new creations, and that is precisely what happens to us when we submit to Jesus as Lord. We become holy in God's eyes. You need Jesus to be holy. You see, when Jesus takes over our lives, we receive his holiness. This is how you become holy. It's not your holiness that impresses God and transforms the way you think. It's Christ's holiness that in you pleases the Father and glorifies him because Jesus is everything we cannot be. Jesus did everything we could not do. And when God sees us through Jesus Christ, he doesn't see our sins and our wickedness. He sees his son, and he sees holy people, the likeness of his son. So you want to be holy? Here's how you become holy. You can't do it outside of Jesus Christ. You've got to repent from your sins. You surrender to Jesus as Lord, and you trust and obey. Now, why do we obey? Because we've been redeemed, says Peter, and you cannot pay that debt back on your own, but we can live since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, writes Peter, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. Not to be redeemed meant that somebody else paid for your freedom. This is, uh, this is a... a a commerce term here. So you are slaved, you are enslaved, and, and you cannot pay that debt. So somebody, a third party, comes in and pays the debt that you cannot pay, and because that debt has been paid, you receive freedom. That's the economic language that Peter is using here. If you were a slave to an owner, you couldn't pay your own debt. You had to have a redeemer who could pay a price that you could not So what purchased your freedom from this sin and death? Is it gold and silver? Asks Peter, no, listen, it's the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, through Jesus, you believe in God. It's not even something you can do on your own. It's through him. You believe in God him who raised you from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. So what has God done? Peter tells us, God has shown us his mercy. And what have we received as the beneficiaries of God's mercy? We have received a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil Or fade. And I would rather live here in this turmoil. I would rather live here in this time of uncertainty with the hope that Peter reminds us that we have that is grounded in Jesus Christ. I'd rather live here in this turmoil with that hope instead of finding hope in the temporal things that we see around us. So, how do we live out this hope in a terrible world? We set our hope on the grace of Jesus Christ who is coming back. We live holy lives, not because we have it in us on our own to be holy, but because Jesus is holy. To be holy in God's eyes, we repent of our sins. We surrender to Jesus Christ and we live lives that are different. That's what holiness is. We trust and obey. That's how you live holy lives. Grounded in the hope of Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice how, you know, we, we tend to overcomplicate things. And, and really what Peter is saying is actually quite simple. Peter doesn't give us a list of things for suffering people to achieve their best lives. Peter doesn't say, find your best self now and thrive. He doesn't offer ways for Christians to fight back against the injustices that are happening to them. He doesn't call for protests or revolt. He reminds Christians of what Jesus has done. He reminds Christians of the hope that they now have because of what Jesus has done. And he reminds them that because of Jesus, they are different. And so in an upside down, evil, unjust, scary world, their faith and their hope are grounded in God. And they live that hope through their obedience. And friends, may it be so with us. Listen, if you've heard this sermon, if you've sat and, and you were patient the whole time and you didn't fast forward or anything, listen, God is speaking to you. And, and, and if you are a part of the church, if you are a, a confessing Christian, may today be a day of hope and recalibration for you because we need this and you need to tune in next week. We all have to be reminded of who God is and what he is doing and to whom we belong. But if you have not yet surrendered to Jesus Christ, what are you waiting for? You cannot find any kind of hope that is even close to this anywhere outside of Jesus Christ. And so my prayer for you, my hope for you is that today, as you listen to this, you bend a knee, you repent of your sins, and you say, Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And I promise you, not because I promise you, but based on what is in God's word, better days are ahead. And no matter what you encounter, the best is yet to come. Let's join now in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your hope. We know, God, you are merciful, even when we try to put our hope in things that fade. But because of you, we are given an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. We are given a living hope, and we know, God, that we can set our hope on you. You are coming back. And so, Lord, between when you appeared and when you are coming back, here we are in this world, and it is messy, and it is dirty, and it is all kinds of messed up, Lord, help us be obedient. Lord, we surrender to you, Make us holy. May we glorify you in all that we do even now. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. The source of our hope And all of God's people said, amen. Thank you again for listening to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and then head on over to lakewoodgrace.com/connect where you'll find a link to contact us or you can fill out a communication card. Have a wonderful week. God bless.